candy girl. <laughs> and you got me. <laughs> Sugar. Aw, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. <laughs> and you got me rocking you. Put it down with me. When I kiss you, girl. I'm, I'm Grant. And this is Sex Archie. And I am not looking forward to the news portion of our episode today. It's going to be rough, you guys. That's right, we are a Riverdale recap podcast, and we are here talking about Chapter 49, Fire Walk With Me by Aaron Allen and directed by Marisol Adler. We should say at the top uh, that, in case you hadn't heard, Luke Perry, the actor who played uh, Fred Andrews, among a number of other roles throughout his life, uh, passed away just a few days ago. Yes. Tonight's episode of Riverdale was dedicated to him. And apparently so will all of their episodes going forward throughout the show's run. Yep. Whether that has a title card at the end on every episode to follow like tonight's did, I doubt it. But it's it's a meaningful statement. Yes. But before we, we talk more about how how we feel and, and what that might mean for the show, let, let's talk about the content of the show. Okay. We'll try to be happy. So we start at Alice Smith's home, and she is setting up for an open house. We're picking up right where we left off, trying to sell uh, that... Mid-century colonial on a quiet street, as Jughead says. (laughs) Perfect for a family. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's got her flyers out. She was born to sell real estate. I'm surprised that wasn't her job when they made this show. You know, that one pink jacket she has works for a lot of careers. It does. It does. Uh, Yes, so she uh, swings open the doors to the house and and welcomes in a couple telling them that, oh, they're going to be very happy here. Uh, And she starts showing them around. But Betty's there to play a game of good real estate agent, bad real estate agent. And she's like, oh, yeah. And you get the bonus. This is where my serial killer father and let her, and she's like, that's that's the fireplace uh, where my mother hit him over the head. Mm-hmm. This is the place where uh, we found out that he was a serial killer. Uh, Alice keeps trying to be like, oh, funny joke. <laughs> Betty, gr- great fun. No, really. Google murder house on Elm Street. That's this house. Yeah. She's so happy to be sharing this information in order to scare off buyers because she does not want to lose her home. In the midst of her, her mother's uh, uh, cult influence phase. So it's pretty great. <laughs> it's pretty great. Meanwhile, uh, Archie is at the boxing garage, mm-hmm. as I like to call it. And the uh, gym owner, Mo, at, as he likes to call it, is is uh, trying to shake down Archie for, for dues. Not really shake down, it's kind of it's how it works. It's more like... I'm really sorry, I have to ask, um, <laughs> but you got to pay like everyone else. But uh, then he offers to let Archie pay off in kind. because A Ar- work study. Yeah, Archie is collecting more jobs than Barbie at this point. Yeah, but I mean, work study, that's pretty common, mm-hmm, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you can clean up and do some work around here and you can box here, it's fine. Yeah, his first shift is to lock up the place that night. Yes. So, meanwhile, at school, there is some turf war happening <laughs> over a classroom. And inside, we got the gargoyles who have joined the serpents hanging out. Then the farmies come in, mm-hmm. and they're all like, um, we've reserved this. And then Cheryl and the pretty poisons come in, and they're all like, we've reserved this. Uh, Kurtz, uh, not Kurt, but Kurtz. 
which uh, makes more sense because like Jughead's journey to the house was a very heart of darkness type of yeah. thing. He says, hey, bitches, we are in the middle of a quest here. <laughs> and then there's a big fight. There's a big, big fight. Uh, I would love to see how the farmies are holding down in the middle of They are this. hiding behind chairs. <laughs> they are just throwing their textbooks. No, they're, they're using their powerful psychokinetic blasts. Yeah. Yes. Jughead and Tony get called into Weatherby's office, but no one from the farm does yeah, because that's not a gang. No, no, Evelyn. She she doesn't have any heat, and she's the only one of the gang leaders that was there. Hey, Weatherby, this seems really prejudiced. It's yeah, it's Jughead in place of Kurtz, and it's Tony in place of Cheryl because they are, and they were not present during this fight. Exactly, uh, but they are the leaders of the gangs at the school. <laughs> Uh, and Weatherby also informs them that a whole lot of chemistry stuff was stolen. You know, the stuff you use to cook drugs. And Jughead insists it's not his guys because serpents don't cook. And we know that's true. They all go to Pops. Yes. Yeah. And Tony's also like, we don't cook either. Because we're feminists. And uh, Weatherby's like, well, one more thing. One more and you're out of my school. No. And I'm like, stop. Being such an asshole. This is the first time we've seen Weatherby in a, in a while. Yes. But this is among his angriest scenes. Well, and if he is ready to throw the book at the both of them. Bugs me because Weatherby is supposed to be a man of wisdom. <laughs> he is supposed to see what all the children are up to and supposed to know what their hijinks really are. This is an out-of-touch Weatherby. It's very out-of-touch, and I don't like it. Well, it's because they keep changing what these kids are up to every single week. <laughs> he can't keep up. He's got too much on his Netflix backlog. He, d- he doesn't know. the Farmy should be in there. Maybe Jughead and Tony are there, but he's talking to Cheryl, and he's talking to Kurtz, and be like, you guys need to cut this out, and you need to help get them under no. control. Surprised to see that Kurtz enrolled in school, by the way. That, what's up? Yeah, like, I'm surprised the guard. Royals are in school. Also, uh, I think I can fix this problem. Let's just have more than one classroom in Riverdale High. That you can and, rent out. And then we don't have this cross-scheduling for, uh, right. situation. Meanwhile, at the uh, speakeasy, mm-hmm. uh, Hiram and Gladys have been having a grand old time drinking a lot of drinks and hanging yes. out. And uh, Hiram is running up hundreds of dollars worth of tab and insisting they be comped because of Veronica's debt. Yes. Uh, Meanwhile, Gladys literally knocks a table over in a drunken stupor and then everybody uh, uh, languidly applauds and laughs. Yeah. Veronica can't do anything because of that debt. Veronica is very frustrated. She and Reggie have a little talk after the place closes up about how all their money is going in their pockets. They're not mm-hmm. making any money. They're also, like, drinking them, you know, dry. And so they're like, you know, casino night made us a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe we should have a casino because we're already running a secret speakeasy. A secret speakeasy that had a huge opening day event that I think was advertised in the news. Veronica needs a fucking dictionary <laughs> to look up what secret means because she has no fucking clue. It's maybe, not secret in any fucking sense. Maybe they faked Le Bon Nuit's death during the uh, quarantine and that was just something from those two 
absent episodes <sighs> that we don't know about. Veronica! <laughs> you did not do well on the SATs, I take it. Uh, I, I also like that they think, oh, well, we'll just open a casino again permanently when they made all that money on the back of a shady dealer, John Goldwater, mm-hmm. played by the grandson of the actual John Goldwater who founded MLJ, then Archie Comics, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Archie is is cleaning the gym mm-hmm. and uh, Josie comes on by, but then they hear something. <gasps> so they go investigate. And in a janitor closet, which I'm confused about because I'm like, isn't that where he got the mop and broom? <laughs> uh, there's a kid hiding in the closet. With a Zippo. Archie's ready to beat the pulp out of him. But Josie's like, you need to relax. <laughs> hey, kid, are you okay? Are Look, you hungry? Archie was given very clear instructions. Sweep good. Lock good. No intruders. Yeah. There, there is no wiggle room on what counts as an intruder. Yeah. Uh, so we find out that this uh, kid's name is Ricky, mm-hmm. and they take him to Pops. Ricky D. Uh, he is starving. He's, like, chowing down on food. Josie asks if they, you know, his parents or family they can call, and he doesn't have anyone. Yeah, he's, he's very shy. Uh, he doesn't want to open up much. We find out he's been hiding out in there a couple of weeks. Um, and as soon as Josie mutters the phrase social services, Ricky makes a beeline for the door. Which, you know what? Most kids would. Yeah. You don't. Here's the thing, Josie. You don't say it in front of them. <laughs> if the boom mic can hear it, Ricky can hear it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and so he's he goes off about, like, don't send me to the shelter. That's where I was. That's where they, they branded me. And he shows his... his brand which is the sacrifice yes uh a matching pair to archie's that uh joaquin left him all these weeks ago says that it was some older guys who who crashed at the shelter and they held him down and 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 did it and that's when he left Mm -hmm. uh so archie of course takes him home and puts him in the garage like you do yeah his his music garage, not yes. not his boxing garage. No, his music garage. Right, and his uh, like here's some blankets, just chill out. Yeah, and he promises like, okay, I live with my dad, but he's not gonna see you. He doesn't come in here because he knows I gave up on my music career a long time ago. <laughs> Tomorrow, I'm I'm gonna set you up at a booth with pops while I go to school, and then I'm gonna take you to the gym. We're gonna work out. I'm gonna show you some combos. <laughs> Yeah, like what? <laughs> I'm gonna show you how to do quarter circle forward back punch. Okay, that's all you need to know. He's so excited to show off his boxing. <laughs> all right, kid. This this one's called a flying dragon kick. That's why Liu Kang is the best. Yeah, we catch up with Cheryl and Tony. Mm-hmm. Tony is is not very happy with Cheryl because Cheryl was what started this fight. Yeah, she lets her know. When you wear the purple jacket, you represent us, mm-hmm. and you can't represent us like that. And I don't want to suspend anyone, especially my girlfriend, for activity like this. And that makes Cheryl go, oh, no, you no, don't. you really don't. Because you do not then want to do that. <laughs> I'm not going to host people here. Yeah. And that makes things really awkward. And... Like, here's all the reasons why you're not going to do that. She's executing a coup based on the fact that she has a swimming pool, which is a new tactic in in the history of of regime change. Your girls won't like that because they're really excited about the pool for summer to come. (laughs) We still haven't gotten to the second Christmas in the show. 
These girls are very excited for summer. Yes. <laughs> Unless that also happened during the uh I don't know. The quarantine. Meanwhile, uh we we catch up in the student lounge mm-hmm. with Betty and Veronica and Archie and Jughead. And then we see Kevin walk by with Evelyn and the farmies, but he doesn't even acknowledge Betty. Betty's just like, yeah, guys, the farm got him. Everyone notices how much Kevin does not acknowledge yes. her. We get our classic student lounge scene, though. Everybody's yeah. like, here's my subplot today, right yes. there by the so, vending machine. Yeah, everyone lets Betty know that Betty can live with them mm-hmm. uh, when her mom sells the house. Archie lets everyone know there's a homeless kid in his garage <laughs> with a, a brand like his. Uh, and Jughead's like, dang, that sounds like me when I lived under the stairs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just right. love the way Archie's like, yeah. There's a homeless kid. Like, what? What? We're all on the same page. All right, good huddle, everybody. And break. And so then Betty goes to Kevin and asks if, you know, she can talk to him. Uh, and Kevin is not having it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he tells her to back off, that she's a detractor. Uh, she, she's a suppressive individual. And, and needs to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not the precious Kevin boy that I know. He grew a spine, but it grew dark and evil. Kevin, no. Meanwhile, Jughead goes to Serpent Meeting Time, lets him know that he knows about the break-in. And does anyone know about it? And Kurtz is like, taking the alchemist's lair was one of our better quests. (laughs) What a dorkus. And this, of course, makes uh, Fangs want to punch him in the face. And so they attempt Mm -hmm, to punch mm -hmm. each other. Um, but which makes- Kurtz is like, what's, what's the big deal? I thought we had immunity. And then Jughead says something incredibly stupid, in my opinion. That you can't use immunity if you flagrantly break the law. Well, if you can't use it when you break the law, it's not fucking immunity, now is it? Yeah, I, I think what the point he was trying to get across was, well, you had immunity as long as you didn't break any more laws. <laughs> you had immunity that, from your old stuff. That's not immunity, that's amnesty. <laughs> Yeah, well, dictionary. They need dictionaries. <laughs> they all failed their SATs. Let me tell you about legacies. So uh, we also get Kurt threatening Fangs about how he should have beaten him with a brand iron when he had a chance mm-hmm. because Fangs was a spy. They're very upset about Fangs going undercover into the gargoyles. Jughead also goes off more about how they need to play by a different set of, of rules and uh and he tries to make them do the serpent laws and and fangs and sweep here are all like <sighs> yes we're saying the chant and they're like looking straight at the gargoyles and they're like no no we don't we don't do that uh and kurtz lets, lets them know like well it seems you need us more than we need you mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. so what the fuck are you gonna do about it Veronica informs her, I guess, speakeasy staff that I've never seen before, um, <laughs> that they are now casino staff, yes. and lets them see all the uh, secret upgrades they've made for when the yes. popo comes sniffing around. They actually do use the phrase popo, unfortunately. They do. Uh, but yeah, they, they've got old-fashioned dingly-dingly slot machines. They've got gaming tables. They've got a... a and a whole lot of slidey hidey doors. A lot of sliding panels. You know, that way, it's like, what casino? Do you see a casino? I don't see a casino. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a casino trip on the floor that you leave behind. Mm. And then they're going to be like, 
What's this? <laughs> so Jughead goes to FP to inform him that it was the gargoyles that stole the drug making stuff and they have no honor. They don't understand duty. Uh, and FP gives him a good pep talk. By showing him an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation from the sound of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I- son, here's what you got to do. You got to teach them about the tradition of the Batleth. <laughs> Back when I was your age, getting into the gargoyles, you know what I did? I ate bloodworms three meals a day. It's after school. Archie goes to Pops to collect Ricky, but he's gone. Mm-hmm. And apparently Pops informs him that a group of thugs came by and he took off running when they spotted him and they followed him. And I'm like, Pops, why didn't you fucking call the cops? Hey, hey uh, Pop Tate, you know Archie's cell number. <laughs> He's around all the time. Could you have not have called someone about a child being chased by thugs? <laughs> I'm starting to think Pop Tate takes his uh, neutrality in all matters, like his silent like, observer status. I like to think that he stands very seriously. He, he just buffs the ta- table or the counter and just watches. Oh, a murder. Buff, buff, buff. Oh, that car's on fire. Buff, buff. I'm starting to wonder if he has legs. Like, he could just be a <laughs> robot on a pole that moves around a track behind the countertop. Oh, what? Has any of us ever seen Pop's back? <laughs> Is he like that thing from Gravity Falls where it's like, really, it's like the half-sided dude and it's really run by mm-hmm. a bunch of little dudes mm-hmm. who then commit suicide when find out? <laughs> yeah, Gravity th- Falls goes deep, man. That was probably the darkest moment, and it's in a weird, like, four-minute short <laughs> mass suicide of tiny green aliens the size of golf balls. But not. Not the not little the ones little that are golf balls. Yeah. Not them. These are different ones, <laughs> in case you are getting confused. But Pops let us know, well, well, instead of, like, going after or calling the cops, I did collect this placemat that he was doodling on. <laughs> And here's this very disturbing picture yeah, of the Gargoyle King. It's a Gargoyle King. King image. It's fully colored. Kid had a lot of time. Yep. I would love to see the other side and see if he also did the maze and the word search. Well, I do love that it is done in the type of crayon colors yes, that yes. you get at a diner. It was the vibrant <laughs> blue and red and like yellow. Mm-hmm. And that's like it. The three crayons you get. Betty is leaving the school. Uh after working in the newspaper room Mm -hmm. and she sees the sign up on the door that says farm meeting in progress do not disturb so of course she has to like peek under it and she sees kevin with his hand over the bunsen burner just holding it still while it burns and then evelyn walks by and then she notices that there's a bunch of farmies with their hands over bunsen burners Mm mm-hmm Up to this point, I thought that it was pretty contrived that in Betty's last scene, she didn't mention to Kevin, by the way, my mother nearly died. I'm serious. I'm worried about you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this scene, it sort of retroactively helps because it it looks like Kevin is at a place where that clearly would not get through to him in that moment. No, I mean... It's still dumb that she didn't try. Yeah. But I don't think it would have worked following, like, well, the, the honest point these characters yeah. are at. Well, and she tried to approach him already about other people that had died mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, she dragged her mother's limp, yeah. soaked yes. body. Yes, yes. Yeah. 
Archie and Betty uh, call the social worker that keeps popping back up about everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Trying to get more episode appearances than Dr. Curdle Sr. And so they fill him in, her in on the information they have that he was at a shelter and this was the one. She's like, oh, that's a better place. Yeah, but he was branded there. Uh, like, oh, yeah, G&G. It's, it's not everywhere. in the news anymore, but it's everywhere. Like, wait, it was in the news? People, people, <laughs> people talked about this. My my one great bugbear that that nothing in this town is making the national news. I was wrong. So that made it into the news. Did did the uh, Sisters of Quiet Mercy make it into the news at all? <laughs> Were they part of that report? Like a, apparently the Black Hood did because Betty's using it to scare people. You couldn't uh, Google that one. I mean, also the finale where all the people were on the lawn there. So, okay, that yeah. one definitely did. But I would just love to see, like, Brian Gumble or someone who actually does the news in my lifetime, uh, for that matter, <laughs> show up and do a report as themselves. Tom Skilling, I would, go. Yes, he will do the weather report for upstate New York. We catch up with Veronica, mm-hmm. who uh, Hiram lets her, her know that the word on the street is that there's a secret casino. <laughs> like, what don't we understand about secrets? I understand there's a fine line in needing people to come to your secret casino and needing people to be discreet about your secret casino. But come on. <laughs> so Hiram lets her know that he's courting someone about... Uh, moving their playing card factory to the prison <laughs> yes. to make playing cards. Which is all above the board, but ethically suspect. Because, of course, as they point out, the, the great advantage of a for-profit prison is that due to deregulation, uh, prison labor can be used in for-profit enterprise, not just benefiting the state. Yep. That that's why the uh, image of prisoners stamping out license plates has been replaced with any number of things. In this case, creating playing cards. Yes. Um, but I'm so excited for the CEO of this playing card company. Clearly, Doug Bowser of Nintendo of America. Yeah. Yes. So he he's all like, well, of course you're you're going to help me show this person a good night. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, if I help you, why don't you shave 5% off? (laughs) And then she basically has a very similar conversation with Gladys at the speakeasy. Who's all like, she's got a different favor in mind. Uh, you know, letting her know that she used to perform at the white worm back in the day. She was the Joan Jett of Riverdale. Before she said that, I was thinking like the, the worm dance? That's what I thought. And then, the, no, no, no. The the snake shuffle? Not the snake shuffle. Uh, and so Veronica's like, oh, you want to make a comeback? Who's, Just shave 5% off. Who's the Allison Wolf of Riverdale? Where's the Kathleen Hanna of Riverdale? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she makes a deal with Gladys as well. So then Betty goes to Josie about Kevin and, and how... She she tells him about the the Bunsen burner she saw, mm-hmm. um, and about how it's a cult and all this. And Josie's like, "Fuck Kevin," and she, so she lets her know that she's been hearing Kevin sneaking out, but she thought he was going to Fox Forest, but that's probably not what was going on. He's probably doing farm business. Yeah. I don't know why I was surprised to hear that Kevin and Josie are living together. 
But like, but it's never been stated. It, it's never been stated, and so many of these teens' living situations are more like people who are twenty three. But this is the the neoliberal hellscape of of contemporary America. So a lot of them live with their parents. Yeah, like I just. <laughs> It was surprising because it was the first confirmation. We yeah, had. We, and it also for a hot second I was like, "Why is she going to Josie about this?" Oh, oh wait, because they live together now. Siblings. I'm curious who left their home to 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 join together. Yeah, or is this house number three and they both moved out? Or or maybe they still have both houses. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it is. the The newlyweds live in uh, uh, Sierra's house. They have an apartment. And the kids live in... in uh... Yeah. So they can have lots of sexy time. <laughs> and the kids live in the Keller house. Yeah. yeah. Also, the Keller house has all the juice boxes. Archie uh, goes to Jughead and shows him the, the sketch that was done of Ricky. Uh, Jughead takes that picture and shows it to Kurtz. And it's like, we're, we're going to look for him. This is what we're going to do. We are going to search for this child. And Kurtz is like, you want us to look for a dumb kid? Like, yeah. Yeah, unless you were the one that, like, scared him off. I'm uh, I'm in this to sell hard drugs. I'm not... <laughs> my gang is not a search party. <laughs> yeah, it comes up that there are other gargoyles out there who branched off. Yes. So, like, don't blame us. When, when the gargoyles were scattered without Tallboy... Most fell under Kurtz's sway, but there there are independent mini chapters out and yes. about. Um, and Kurtz leaves. He's like, I'm not going to help with this. Not going to be a part of it. But a few of the gargoyles stay and they say, we'll help you look. He's like, oh, we're winning them over. Yeah. Kurtz's introduction. I said that I really enjoyed his his line delivery in his first appearance. Well, yeah. And I loved the, the contrast that was shown how dopey and dorky he looked in, like, the yellowed lighting of uh, Jughead's trailer family room. Yes. Him doing that delivery in, like, a daytime classroom set, or or this scene was in the sex hole, but I, either way, it's really reduced. And, like, yeah. he, he's still intense, but he's just got, like, a real case of sleepy voice yeah. all the same. Oh, he just seems like an angsty teenager. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's very diminished. Like, he, he's got a crew to back him up, but he doesn't have that personal weight of character. He doesn't have that full drug trip happening yeah. while he's speaking going yeah. on. He seems a little less high right now. The speakeasy, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica introduces Gladys, uh, and she comes and sings. Uh, she She's singing, uh, of course, uh, a classic hit of, of yesteryear. Yes. As they tend to do. At her age. Uh, and of course, Hiram and his his VIP guest are sitting right in the front. And the VIP guest is all like, I don't even know what he says. But he yells something out that's very rude. When does the real show start? Oh, yes. He's and, heckling. And Reggie's like, ready to throw <gasps> him out. And Veronica's like, we can't. Because Reggie loves Gladys so much. He's like, well, he's being a jerk. He is being a jerk. He's like, no, we can't. He's VIP. And then he he's says something. He's also some- dressed in all leather. Like, he's in a blazer, but it's fucking leather. <laughs> so then... Uh, it's disgusting. He, he says something else about, oh, like, teaching her some tips. 
Mm-hmm. And Gladys stops singing, pulls out her switchblade, and says, I got a sharp tip for you. <laughs> and that's when Veronica's like, throw him out. And yeah. Reggie's like, got it. On it. Let's go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which Hiram is not very happy about, but. I cannot get across enough how this guy looks like somebody who really loved The Sopranos, but actually just loved somebody else describing episodes of The Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> his voice, his haircut, that god-awful jacket. He likes Soprano fan fiction. Yeah, like, he's a guy from from Poland who really wants you to think he's from Jersey, but, like, the crime part. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, in the middle of the woods, uh, Evelyn is talking to the farmies, including Kevin, and they are surrounding a giant pit of flaming coals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, this is chapter 49, Fire Walk With Me, an absurdly literal title, if you can guess where this scene is going. Because guess what? It's brother Kevin's time to walk across the coals and cleanse himself, mm-hmm. which is when Betty runs out and says stop. But Evelyn just pushes him on. Don't stop. You gotta, you gotta believe uh, in the cool mountain of st- mountain stream you are walking on. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and he walks across it, and they all start yelling and celebrating because he's purified, and they are they are one. And Betty just looks on in shock. Now, I don't know how purified you get from walking on a bed of coals, but I do know it's a great way to contract a lifelong case of eczema on the soles of your feet. Yeah. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Meanwhile, uh, Archie and Jughead go to the Gargoyle Ground Zero, which is the creepy-ass house that we found the gargoyles in before. Mm-hmm. And there is a wall uh, with the names of all people who have been you know, sacrificed. Um, Nearly all of them crossed off except for Archie Andrews and Ricky D, right underneath Tallboy. And then they hear something and they catch Ricky, who came there because he says that, uh, you know, he heard the gargoyles cleared out. That means it's probably the last place they would come. Right. So he's figured he'd hide out there. He read the purloined letter recently in fourth grade and, and picked up some lessons. Yeah. Goes off about how, you know, he's marked for death. Archie's like, no, like, we'll take care of this. You're going to be safe. It'll be fine. They they convince him to leave with them. Mm-hmm. Then Evelyn and, uh, and Kevin. In go, matching rust red shirts. Go to visit Betty as she is typing away on her laptop her latest article, which is about the evils of uh, the farm. And what she witnessed that night. She she reads a, a sentence of her article, which demonstrates that this paper is falling apart without Jughead. She needs an editor. Yeah. She uses the word cult and the phrase cult-like behavior within a single sentence. Yeah. It's so redundant and awkward, Betty. Yeah. You can do better than that. Uh, and Kevin speaks very positively of the experience that it mm-hmm. was... Mm-hmm. Uh, euphoric and all these things it was cathartic he's he's cleansed his head is on straight she's like well my readers and your dad will have other uh thoughts on this and he's like well you're not gonna publish that of course i'm gonna publish it and then they say let her know like no you're not because if you do we'll tell everyone about the shady man and how your mom killed him and then how you hit the car and how the body was dumped and then lye was poured over it Mm -hmm. all that because your mom told the farm everything so we know all your dirty secrets and i'm like 
Fuck, Kevin! <laughs> what? How? How are you on this side, my precious baby boy? Well, after hearing all that, wouldn't you not want to be on Betty's side either? <laughs> yeah, but like... Uh, 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 it's just so much. Mm-hmm. So much to deal with. So much betrayal. Uh, so meanwhile, Archie's teaching this kid to box. Yes. <laughs> and about like, this is how I protected myself when I was marked for sacrifice in the jail. I boxed. So you're going to box. And uh, yeah. They have so much in common, these two. And while Archie's all like boxing, the kid's filling him in that like, you know, they tried to get him to join uh, because he was young. Younger kids serve less jail time, but he didn't want to, and that's when they branded him. I should just keep running, though. I shouldn't be here. And Archie's like, no, trust me, running doesn't solve anything. That's when you get attacked by a bear. (laughs) One time I ran, and I almost hooked up with this chick, and then my ex's dad rolled in, and I almost killed him dead. But then my friend said not to. (laughs) It's a mess, kid. Don't worry about it. So Jughead... It is talking to the serpents mm-hmm. that, you know, they found the kid, but Archie's in danger. Uh, and it's it's time for the, the hunter to become the hunted. So the two gargoyles need to stop, start talking. Yes. The two that have stuck around and helped them look for the kid. But then Tony runs in. Uh, and Kurt is about, Kurtz is about to kill things. <laughs> and we run out to the hallway and we see him dangling fangs over the balcony. Yes. The, the, I mean, we haven't had to describe this bit of architecture before because it hasn't been important, but, uh, Riverdale High is a, a multi-level school mm-hmm. and the staircase is the kind where, it's like open. yeah, it, it's open and there, there's a sort of a slight balcony at the top flight that you could, in this case, uh, dangle a person over and nearly drop them to their death. Mm-hmm. Kurt says, don't be scared. Like, don't, don't be scared, traitor mm-hmm. or spy. Uh, you're finally going to ascend. And then they fucking drop him. But Sweet Pea and Fangs, uh, Sweet Pea and Jughead run in and let Fangs' like, land on them. They all go crashing to the ground, but they're like a pillow for his body. <laughs> and they protect him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's when you know true love. I'm glad you read my fanfic where uh, Fangs does describe Sweet Pea as like a pillow for my body. Yeah. 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 There's a thing there. There's a thing there. We saw the way Fangs looked at Kevin during the Carrie episode. We know he swings several ways. Oh, oh! everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Everyone this. knows that. But And everyone, there's a lot of fanfiction out there about <laughs> Sweet Pea and Fangs. We all know that too. At the casino, mm-hmm. Gladys is pouring herself lots of drinks. She's treating this place like her own private career fair, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Hiram is giving someone a tour and talking about how he uh, picked out those light fixtures over there. Veronica is fucking PO'd. Uh, their their take is double what it is uh, on a usual week, but even so, it, it's not her place anymore. Yes. And Reggie talks about how he misses the serpents, which gets Veronica an idea. Mm-hmm. And she talks to Tony about uh, employing the pretty poisons full time because uh, they need the muscle. Yeah. Hey, could you uh, help me out here? We did have another gang, but they quit when their leader's mommy told him not to hang out with me. Yeah. 
What the fuck? Yeah. Veronica offers uh, Tony an advance. Also, is like, you know, I totally understand if you need to run this by Cheryl. And Tony's like, nope. Nope. Doing it. <laughs> do not have to fucking do that. So meanwhile, uh, Archie has Ricky at home. Ricky's trying on Archie's Letterman jacket. Mm-hmm. And is all like, oh, it looks really good on you, kid. You should keep it. Uh, and I want you to meet my dad. It does have an R on it that would stand for Ricky. Yeah. It's made for him. Yeah. Filled in Fred on what's happened. And they're like, you know, we got to find a safe place for you to live. And, you know, don't worry. We'll, like, meet them first. And I'm going to visit you. And I'll keep teaching you how to box. I'm like, Archie, have you even asked this kid if he likes boxing? <laughs> I love that Archie is is so fed up with high school. He's so ready to he move on. He just wants to be a dad. To later stages in his life. He, he didn't have a baby. He had a tween. <laughs> And he's, he's, he's loving it. He just wants a tween. Skipping several chapters ahead. Archie wishes he wasn't an only child. <laughs> he's like, hey, parents, you're not, like, totally divorced. You could, like, <laughs> make me a little sibling. I demand babies. My birthday is coming. Uh, So Jughead goes to FP and lets him know about how, like, they almost dropped fangs and we need to take drastic action. And Jug's like, but I got an idea. And I love these little father-son check-ins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now that, uh, I don't know if it's just because, like, FP now works at the police station where there's he, bars. He absorbs all the imprisonment he, he energy. He feels it. Yes. So he can be a good dad and offer advice. That's that's what it's I've been so saying. Weird. He charges his daddy crystals. His daddy crystals get charged there. So uh, Betty comes home to Alice packing up the house, and we find out that she sold the house to, you know, uh, in true Riverdale fashion, some anonymous buyer, probably from overseas. Every anonymous buyer has been a gang and or Hiram. Yeah, so I'm like, Every so time. you sold it to fucking Hiram? <laughs> Is there a new jail going here? Or did you sell it to Gladys? Or do we have, I don't know, the Galloping Pony gang coming in? Is this going to be Penelope's uh, brothel? The new brothel? You're getting hot. You've unbuttoned. I'm I'm Noel from Bake Off. Yeah. (laughs) I need a a little gold chain. You need need some chesty hairs. You don't have any. Well, you have, like, a couple. You gotta, like, show them off a I, little bit. I need no, a you middle- gotta show off right there. That's where your chest hair is. I need a middle-aged woman's haircut from the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for another serpent meeting, and this time, FP is joining. Uh, yeah, just what you want at your gang meeting is a fucking sheriff. The, the, uh, what did he call him? The serpent? Serpent Emeritus. Yes. That Even what... so, he's wearing his badge. He has a gun. He has a gun in the school. And so, here's what the deal is. The serpents are going to be deputized. What the fuck? They are going to get paid to be FP's eyes and ears and help. And they will get school credit for doing <gasps> this. Because apparently we've already talked to Weatherby about this. I hate this gang. I want them out of here. Oh, oh, well, never mind. This counts as a class. It's fine. They're they're gonna do this. They're gonna help. And uh, you know, but we gotta vote on it. And we can't be divided. Uh and if it's not, you know, unanimous, there's the goddamn door. <laughs>
All, all the loyal serpents are like, yes, we are down to clown. We trust FP. He's one of us. And, and uh, one by one, the new serpents, the, the former gargoyles. gargoyles, some of whom are former ghoulies. Are like, yeah. Uh, one by one, there they go. Except, except Kurtz. Yes. Silently so storms out. He leaves. And uh, This there, is such fucking bullshit, though. Sweet Pea says, sweet, do we get to carry guns? <laughs> And FP's like, absolutely no, fucking not. No, no. You're a child. I, I love that. That's him. where I draw the line at everything in my life. You do not get a gun. You can have a switchblade, but no gun. I would trust anyone in this gang before you with a gun. Except well, maybe Fangs. Yeah, the two of them know because you remember them with the bow with and the arrow. Bow and air, yes, shooting straight up in the air, <laughs> so it fell down on their own heads. <sighs> oh, I love these boys. They would be the ones that would shoot off their own junk <laughs> for a bet. Intentionally, okay, they would shoot okay, off their own okay. junk. We're gonna count to three, and then we're gonna do it at the same time. Okay, okay. This is the weirdest game of chicken <laughs> ever. Oh. Except in that case, it would be called cock. Yes. Uh, but this, no. No, of all the unrealistic things on Riverdale, no. Because everyone knows the only gangs that have tight ties to the police are white supremacists. They and don't it, have enough white people in this gang now, I don't think. the South Side Serpents, very diverse. Yes. And based on ancient Native American traditions, this should be an explicitly anti-colonialist. And uh, to, to follow that strain of thought, Further, police abolitionists. Yeah. Yes. You know, like me. <laughs> so meanwhile, uh, Archie's playing some video games with his new best buddy son, Ricky. And then he gets a call. And it's uh, Miss Wise, the, the social worker. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, so this, the shelter got back to us. And uh, Ricky's real name is Ricardo DeSantos. As in Joaquin DeSantos. He is Joaquin's little brother. What? He also has a, a history of acting out and, and self-harm at that home. And, and violent behavior. So, uh, she asks where Ricky is, and he's like, well, he's here. And it's like, be careful. So Archie walks back into the room. He, he took this call out in the hallway. He walks back in to find the room empty, and he must find Ricky. Oh, and see, he, so he goes slowly walking through the very dark house, checks the the closet in the kitchen. I mean, how many times have we seen Ricky in closets? A couple times. All the time. Yeah. Kid loves closets. Uh, but he's not there. And he Unlike his brother. You know, Joaquin lived a very open life. Mm -hmm. He went off to San Junipero. <laughs> I miss Joaquin. I just missed that first episode mm -hmm. when he and Kevin were, you At know. At the drive-in. Yeah. Okay. So Archie, like, looks in the closet. He's like, oh, he's not there. And then he's like, wait. And he looks behind him. And there's Ricky with, with a, a knife. The biggest knife they have in their kitchen. Uh, he starts saying it's the only way uh, they will let me in and play the game with them. Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. to finish uh, what he started. And he's like, you mean Joaquin? Uh, you know, I, I was his friend. He was a great guy. But like he got messed up in some stuff. And I don't want the same to happen to you, kid. Remember the combos? <laughs> and we find out that Ricky branded himself 
And mm-hmm. he added his own name to that wall. Mm-hmm. And, and Archie has a moment of realization that he got played like, by a toddler. He's literally he's like, you're playing me? <laughs> he's so hurt. He's so crushed. Remember, he's so confused. Remember last episode when I brought up the, the possibility that writers were in a competition to make Archie the dumbest after he didn't realize that the fix was in on this fight? <laughs> yeah. Having Archie get explicitly manipulated by a child, it's up there. Somebody's raising the stakes. It's unfortunate because, like, Archie just wants to really help. He's like, this is my opportunity to do something good. I can help this kid. This kid just learned how to do capital R's the right way forward every time. Well, this kid also knows how to slash a motherfucker (laughs) up. And does so. And then Fred finally makes an appearance. He's like, hey, Just I'm in home. time to save the day. And he, Archie's like, Dad, don't come in. <laughs> so, of course, Fred comes in and the kid takes off running. And Fred bandage, bandages Archie up. Archie's just going to be a ball of scar tissue by the time we get to season six. I told you. As Oliver Queen loses scars, Archie Andrew gains another. He's just inheriting Stephen Amell's old makeup Yes. Uh, well, as you found out, Arrow is ending next season. It is. Which means uh, 10 episodes into the next fall is when Archie will go <laughs> will through. go to the island. He will go to the island. He will get tortured again. Uh-huh. He will also end up in like a fire mm-hmm. and become like a burn victim. And um, I don't get his heart ripped out and just have a gaping hole of a scar. And then Tommy Merlin is there. <laughs> No one knows why. No one knows. Fred, however, finds a card. Mm-hmm. It is the Kill the Red Paladin card. Yeah, but it's all bent up. So, like, you got to take care of your game components, people. Yeah. This game is not in print anymore, allegedly. Yeah. You know, Fred, of course, while caring for his son physically, also has to, like, give him a dadly talk yes. about how Archie's got a big heart. Yes. And you can tell because the slash to the abdomen somehow cut a ventricle. It's a gigantic heart. (laughs) It's all heart in there. I don't know how he digests. Yeah. So meanwhile, uh, Tony is getting ready to go be a bouncer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Cheryl's not coming. So Tony's like, well, I'll see you later. I'll be asleep. There is tension (laughs) It's so. Oh, it's so ice cold. Like, I I think that it's it's one of the, the most, like dramatic and smartest character choices that Cheryl's selfishness is getting in the way of the thing that is the the best thing in her life. Yes. Like she cannot change her stripes and it is going to ruin the the thing she adores most in the world. Yeah. Tony is not her pet. Tony's not a purse dog. No. Tony is her own independent woman and can do what she wants. Mm-hmm. The, you know, they always do like the recap clips at the beginning of an episode. Mm-hmm. And they played the part where Tony had asked her last episode, is this your gang or mine? Mm-hmm. And you could tell that Cheryl's mouth was going to say ours. <laughs> but she says yours. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big like, yeah, what she's saying is not what she's thinking. So meanwhile, at Pops, uh, Gladys comes and the pretty poison stop her that she's uh, no longer allowed in without an invitation. Veronica comes out and is like, yes, you're blocked until you play by my rules. Mm-hmm. And then Hiram comes in. She's like, you're not welcome either until you show me respect. 
and I will pay you back, but I'm going to run my business my way, and you're not allowed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, Veronica. Yes. I'm so glad we finally established this for roughly the fourth time. Yes. Maybe I'll <laughs> stick this time. Maybe. Maybe. Earlier, though, like when they were talking about bringing the pretty poisons in and how, you know, oh, that's going to make Hiram and his clients angry. Like, really? You think Hiram's clients are the kind of guys that wouldn't be into leather-clad jailbait? Because at, at least the, the play, tra- playing card guy, yeah, that seemed his speed. Yes, it did. <laughs> He's yeah. a skeezy motherfucker. Yes. Uh, so meanwhile, Betty is in her bedroom with a candle mm-hmm. that she she goes to put her hand over the flame. Just I as love a- this. Well, I love that it's like, we don't often see Betty at her vanity. Mm-hmm. Like we did at the first few episodes of the show. Because we lost the CoverGirl sponsorship. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but like one of the first times we see Betty is there. Like the very first, like the first I, if I the recall. first time we see her because Kevin's in the room and she's at the vanity and she mm-hmm. turns around to talk to him. And so we're back. Like she's at this point where she's going to lose the home she grew up in and she's sitting she's at her vanity. Like going back to zero. Yeah. yeah. Her spot. And, and I love it what I was going to say. Uh, her putting her hand over the flame, like, she's trying to get into the farm mindset the same way Jughead took up uh, DMing. Yeah, she's trying to understand. Yeah. Though we haven't seen the two of them interact much in their relationship for many weeks, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like pointing out these parallels, like, they, they are similar people. They they are leading parallel lives. Yeah. They are compatible. Yes. Um, so just as she's about to, though, Alice comes in and, like, tosses her some cardboard boxes and is like, you, I'm getting bubble wrap. You better pack by the time I get back. <laughs> and then I totally call mm-hmm. something. Call it in this moment. Won't say what it is, but totally called it. Uh, she she heads downstairs with this candle and, and takes all in all the boxes. Just this big panning shot around the room that looks to be in the early stages of packing for a move. Yes. And so then we go check in on the the gang and Archie who are cleaning up the gargoyle uh, house to make it the new headquarters for the serpent deputies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and Archie is staring at the wall of names and, and Jughead makes a nice joke about how they, well, let's we'll put some paint and it'll be nice and fine. Yeah. And, and a couple nuclear blasts yeah, to, to clear away the mess. They, they have a moment where Archie talks about how he doesn't know what to do. He's been marked for death. This this kid targeted him. He doesn't know when things are going to end. I love Archie as the final boss. Like, <laughs> it's so funny to me. Yeah. Uh, but Jughead tells him that, you know, maybe it's it's time to make things come to a head. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, this this game that he is apparently still playing, we need to do something about. And I'll help you. And Betty's like, I'll help too. Uh, you have my axe. And my bow. Um, and my John Reese davies impression. It's not much, actually. Yeah. It does not. No. I'm uh, better at Jonathan Reese myers frankly. <laughs> the King of England. That was me, actually. Yeah, it was. I, yeah. So when Betty comes in, though, Jughead's like, oh, you look you look so cheery. 
Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I'm feeling a lot better about things. And then we cut to Alice coming home to the thing I totally predicted, which was the house on fire. Yep, one wall is just a curtain of flame. Uh, There's fire throughout the rest of it, but I mean, that's where the the big budget went. Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. The end. And that's how you know that she really is Cheryl's cousin. You know, family sticks together. When in doubt, just burn down the house. And she's the good one because she didn't throw her mother into it. Well, you know, her mom seemed like she was stunned in shock. Um, <laughs> so I don't... Or she might be dead. She I might mean, not have left. Maybe we'll see her covered in third degree burns that heal miraculously quickly. <laughs> That's all those special elixirs. <laughs> we may infer that her feet are pre-burned. She's used to it. Yeah. She knows how to get by. Yeah. And that's the end. That's the the end of chapter 49 of Firewalk With Me. Darling, what did you think? I enjoyed this episode more than last week. Like, overall. It certainly had higher ambition. Mm -hmm. Ricky was a very solid child actor. Yes, he was. Um, I I enjoyed Scared Ricky. I enjoyed I Need to Stab You Now, Ricky. Well, I enjoyed how Archie didn't question it. No. He didn't question any of it, which is exactly what he would do. Mm-hmm. Like, Archie's become a much uh, more relatable character since... Canada? I was going <laughs> to say since <laughs> Josie threw him in the shower. Yes. Yes. I think that's well, yeah. the real turning yeah. point. But yeah, since Canada, basically. Yeah, since Josie made him get sober. He, he really is swell again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're seeing that Archie that we, like... Were introduced to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um him basically trying to deal with his life by doing good things mm-hmm. it, it's just not in that big heart of his to be suspicious of a kid in need yeah there's i room, was there's but... room for a lot in that gigantic heart you could rent it for 1200 in san francisco <laughs> there there were things that were very weird like all the fp jughead check-ins like i yeah. love me some fp but that was a lot of weird check-ins there were so many like, hmm, that gives me an idea, end of scene. Yeah, it was like, okay. But I, I enjoyed the stuff with Ricky. Well, I enjoyed like the, the ghoulies, gargoyles coming around during like the search for him. Mm-hmm. Like that aspect. Jughead starting to get better at his job. Yes. Uh, uh, recognizing that his team works better with a unified purpose, that, that they are task oriented mm-hmm. and providing one. Yes. It's a stupid task that sucks. But he he did it. Uh, I even though it breaks my heart about my precious Kevin boy, I enjoyed all the weird shit with that and mm-hmm. Betty. It was nice to finally get to some of the things we've been setting up. Yes, I I just feel like it's more a more interesting episode mm-hmm. storyline wise. And uh, to to circle back and repeat myself, I just love that uh, Choni, which seemed yes. like. The, the most natural, perfect thing that would never break, that, that they were afraid of touching even, mm-hmm. instead being tested in the most uh, like realistic yeah. and relatable way yeah. and coming to what could be the, the most tragic thing they've done. Yes. It's good. It's smart. Yeah. I, I really like that this is getting to them. Yeah, it's good. Well, darling, we, we have some news to talk about. We do. There has been more Katie Keene casting news, so let's start with that. There has been some casting news. Uh, there... I have not looked up anything about these people. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there are four, both announced in pairs. So let's start with the, the rest of the foursome. 
of these the characters, the core four of the Katie Keene show. Yes. Has been rounded out by Johnny Beauchamp, Beauchamp, I'm not sure, never met know. the guy, and Julia Chan. Johnny will be playing Ginger Lopez, and Julia will be playing Pepper Smith. Now, uh, Ginger Lopez in the books, we, we said back in season one, very early on, that mm-hmm. like while Archie from its inception and many decades was a practically uh, a whites-only thing, mm-hmm. when it came time to change that, when writers saw that as a problem to, to remedy, they did it by adding new characters. Yes. While Riverdale just recast people of color in, in those roles. Yeah. Ginger Lopez is one of those. She She's... Uh, Hispanic woman with a uh, uh, fashion magazine. Uh, she's she's very fashion forward. Obviously, it's her job, and she also dated Archie for a while. Mm-hmm. She's from like 2010, I think, and another Dan Parent creation. But mm-hmm. on the show, she will be the drag persona of Jorge Lopez. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that that is why Ginger is being played by a guy named John. Yes. So that is a fun angle. Like, I mean, how much more fashion forward can you be than someone doing the high camp of, of drag? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's fun. That, yeah. That's a cool way to, to make this a, a hip young kid living in, in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while Pepper is a character that I've been dying to see. I love mm-hmm. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Pepper comes from the the Josie books before the Pussycats. Yes. I think we mentioned again long, long ago, Josie started as a, a story about three uh, uh, girls in high school living their lives, maybe dating some boys, having some, some comic hijinks. And then when uh, a TV deal from Hanna-Barbera came knocking, they became a band. And yes. then the, the books changed to suit. Yes. Another change that happened was the people making the show didn't want to make an all-white band. Yeah. So they created Valerie. And the the member of the crew that had to go uh, was Pepper. Pepper Smith was sort of the foil to Melody. So rather than Melody uh, as a, a dreamy airhead, she's bookish and intellectual rather than Melody uh being the the hottest thing on legs and and all boys go crazy for her and she loves the attention pepper is not too interested in dudes and they aren't that interested in her yeah even though she's drawn by dan DiCarlo and is is buxom in all the same ways mm-hmm. as everyone else in these books yes <laughs> but yeah but between her her uh, hot trouser looks, short hair, and many stories where she's not into dudes. She became an accidental lesbian icon. Yeah. Now, according to the, the announcement, Katie Keene, the TV show's Pepper Smith, will be a New York City it girl at the epicenter of all things trendy. Okay. <laughs> she dreams of opening her very own version of Andy Warhol's factory. Okay. <laughs> we will see. <laughs> Now, you, you might know Johnny Beauchamp from a five-episode run as Angelique on uh, Penny Dreadful, 
or uh, as Ray slash Ramona in the, the Stonewall film that I don't think anyone watched because the people interested in a film about the history of Stonewall were justifiably offended at the presentation in the film Stonewall. Yes. <laughs> he was in it, though. Julia Chan might be most recognizable to our Canadian listeners as the host of The Great Canadian Baking Show. <laughs> she was also in 79 episodes of uh, Canadian supernatural medical drama, uh, Saving Hope. It was supernatural? One of the doctors is in a coma for like the whole first season. Oh. And then after that, he can see people's ghosts oh. after he wakes up. Well, that's just something. Yes. <laughs> that's really weird. So the other two characters that got casting announced, and therefore also the announcement that they would be added to this show, are the uh, uh, Cabot siblings. Alexandra and Alexander Cabot. The worst way to name your children. Why, what is wrong with the Cabots? Uh, they, they were antagonists, Alexandra in particular, of Josie and the Pussycats. They're the rich kids, but Alex, boy Alex, was... <laughs> Also in charge was like their label rep, so they had to deal with them. But girl Alex was was very jealous of their popularity and, and a very mean girl. And in certain incarnations, she has magic powers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that got dropped pretty quick in the books, uh, though it was a part of the entire TV show, which is more popular than the books. That is just the nature of broadcast media. Yes. So Alexandra is played by Camille Hyde, who you might recognize as the Pink Ranger from Power Rangers Dino Charge. Oh, yeah. While Alexander is played by Lucien uh, Laviscant. Laviscant? Laviscant? Uh, (laughs) Who was in Scream Queens and The Bye Bye Man and 20 episodes of the Snatch TV series. I've never heard of that. I assume it's based on the movie Snatch? Like like the Guy Ritchie Snatch? Don't know. Ah, okay. So, yes, it is time to return to the elephant in the room. The tragic death of Luke Perry. Yes. At age 52 from a stroke. Yes. If, if you did not hear, he uh, suffered a ma- massive stroke um, last week and was rushed to the hospital uh, where he passed away two days ago. According to a publicist statement, he was surrounded by his, his family and his closest friends, mm-hmm. and they uh, all ask for uh, uh, understanding and privacy in this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have not heard a single bad thing about Luke Perry ever, but especially in the last few days. Now I'm just hearing like all these like amazing kind stories stories like he he was a a vigilante a writer of wrongs yeah he provided free food to people who he accidentally woke up on their houseboat on filming in a marina one day yeah he smashed a sign over the hood of a car trying to break the picket line during the writer's strike yeah this is my dude he like was comforting a child on an airplane and then like by producing a balloon from his pocket blowing it up and gifting it yeah like what and he he apparently carried balloons in his pockets on flights for this very reason like this was a move of his and of course the the cast has all been shocked and stunned uh production was paused later we will i think we we uh, are obligated to talk about what this means for the show. Uh, we, we will return to that later. 
but just seeing all, all of the love being poured out by this new generation of teen stars mm-hmm. who look to him not as as a mentor, uh, but but more an example mm-hmm. of all the things that they're saying about how again how kind he was and they all had such amazing relationships from the start with him mm-hmm. um where he seemed to really express you know the environment he wanted to create mm-hmm. on sets uh we heard years ago the the reason you don't see luke perry in much is because he didn't want to be in things Mm-hmm. Like he was an a megastar and incredibly talented. Well, yeah, this was like one of the largest things he's taken since nine hundred two one zero. Yeah, and um, when he could have written his check to do anything. Yeah, I mean, you have to like it's one of those things where you're like, oh, what drew him to doing this after mm-hmm. not doing anything like this for so long? And he just really believed in the project. Yeah, uh, a. a allegedly from from this person who talked to us a few years ago but like he could have done anything he he, he had the talent and a sort of humility and work ethic of a character actor mm-hmm. but the face of the handsomest man alive <laughs> <laughs> like, he will clearly be missed and um even the few minutes of the fifth element that he's in are elevated because he is in them he's in the He's in the very beginning. He's helping. Oh, I've like never seen the beginning of that movie. Okay. I've always come like 20 minutes in. He's helping the excavation of the, the pyramid that then gets interrupted by the, the big waddle aliens. Yeah, I've literally never beginning. seen that. Yes. Huh. Aziz, more light. He's in that scene. Yeah, never seen okay. it. Okay. It's very hard because it's like, this is one. We didn't know Luke Perry. No. But we spend... So much time of every week and on this show, talking about this show, talking about this character that's the most endearing character on the show that he plays. He's just a rock. I just, like, we're always, like, rooting for mm-hmm. Fred Andrews. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, connects to that. And it's such and like, a shock. In this episode that he's barely in. Yeah. That has nothing to do with any of the news. I mean, this this was filmed weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. But, it's exactly, though, the scene but, that he in is so Fred, right. so his character. You know that kid's going to be okay because Archie takes him home and Fred's there, even though you do not see his face. Yeah. And you know Archie's going to be okay from this maniacal murder kid because Fred's there. Yes. And this time you do see his face. Yes. <laughs> but we, we do have to, to talk about what this means for the show a bit. I have no idea what this means. Right. I would speculate Fred is going to die. The character of Fred is going to die. They're not going to recast him. They're not going to say he, he moved away and just like talk about him off screen and say, oh, your, your dad wrote me a letter. I mean, that is probably what they're going to do is is have to kill him off. So it's this thing that Archie has to deal with. But I just want them to pull a Brian O'Connor and I want to watch Fred just- drive off to uh go travel and mm-hmm. work things out with Mary. Emancipate Archie and he moves to Chicago and they 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 make it work. Yeah. I would love that. I I, lo- I want to know that Fred's okay out there. Mhm. And and that if the show was he's not still there getting, for Archie. If the show is not getting further seasons, I would say that's really likely. 
But there is a point where you're really painting yourself in that's like, as long as Fred is alive, where's Fred? Why are you not talking to your dad? Why is your why is Fred not helping? And that is going to make your heart hurt every time you realize the practical reason why. Yes. I mean, it's what I go through any time I watch The Fast and the Furious now. <laughs> or I hear the freaking song. <laughs> but when something so tragic happens in the middle of a production, there's mm-hmm. just something so comforting on yes. like a human level to know like, well, that character's still living on over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can only imagine the incredible pressure that the writer's room has been on the last few days. I I mean, I, I don't, don't want to say that, actually. I want to, because they took time off. Right. And I don't, yes. I don't think that's the right thing to say, because that makes it sound like... You know what they're like, thinking, though. Well, you know you what they're know thinking. You know they're thinking it. But at the same time, like, I don't want to say that, because mm-hmm. you know they gave them time off. They are I, all... I did mean self-imposed pressure. Okay. Well, it, it, I, that's what I'm saying. Don't say it because okay. it come. It sounds right. different. It sounds right. like they're cracking I, the no, whip and no, making I, everyone I, do. If if there was news that like the Berlanti company was cracking the whip, I would stop watching the show and tell everyone to do the same. Fuck that. But I I mean like the the weight they must feel personally mm-hmm. from having to deal with this decision and uh, like the the entire production crew. They're going to have to film scenes that address it however they decide to address it. Yes. Oh my god. Can you even imagine? And I don't think Luke Perry has two brothers that look exactly like him. (laughs) No. He does have a fake son who looks a lot like him if you dress him up right. God. But uh, they need a lot of fake stubble. And I don't think we can do that. I don't think that would be the way to go. I don't know how many episodes they are ahead. How many are in the can? Yeah, you know, know how many he's filmed his scenes for before, before the stroke. But I think it will be clear when that point yes. was when it comes. Yes, and it's going to wreck me. Yep, I could hardly handle his scene. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <sighs> That's one of those things where it's like. I mean, no, it's not the last scene he filmed. No. It's not one of those situations, but it's like, it's so, it, it was so recent. It was so soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was so, like, not expected. I did not hear about it as early as other people. Mm-hmm. Because... Because you were having a special day at work. I was having a special day at work, which meant I, the world could have exploded, <laughs> and I would not have known. Our poor neighbor who told me. <laughs> She knew I was, like, upset. Mm-hmm. We had talked about him being in the hospital, and she's like, I can't believe he died. And I'm like, what? I'm walking my dog. What? Whatever they do, I they cannot possibly recast him. Because no. Not, oh, no. Not only... They won't. The, I, I don't think that would even be a possibility mm-hmm. on anyone's mind there, because they are, from what it seems like, they are such a close right. family of people working on the show. And and even if, and it's heaven not, forbid, they weren't. E- and it's e- not a Reggie situation. Right. E- even if it weren't something about the, the memory of the, the beloved man, the casting worked because he was Luke Perry from 90210. That is so symbolic. Mm-hmm. That is how nearly all of the parents got their jobs. Yeah. There is, there is no other Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. We joke about the idea of people from the show listening to our show. Mm-hmm. And as unlikely as it is, it's not impossible. 
So if this is ever heard by anyone working on Riverdale in any capacity or anyone who who is who knew Luke Perry personally for any reason, uh, I just want you to know that our, our thoughts are with you and uh, our our own grieving as fans we, we know is nothing compared to you know the, the grief of a friend or a family member but we miss luke too yeah yeah the world's not the same it's it's not because um, we can continue on and we, i can definitely start crying sometime soon we or <laughs> as as all things do we do have to continue on darling do you have any predictions well, I would like to steal one I saw on the good old Instagram. We're crowdsourcing now. We talked about how old uh, this character would be and it wouldn't make sense. But this Instagram said their prediction was that Kurtz mm-hmm. is really chick. Kurtz is the actual Real chick. Charles Cooper. And they had the picture of him <laughs> next to the picture of him. Okay. And it was like, oh. But I'm like, hey, he should be a lot older. We know this. We talked about the age thing. I, I understand the impulse to compare the picture, but I would reply to anyone who makes that argument with the original picture of Jelly Bean. That pisses me off to <laughs> this day. actual Jelly Bean. Pisses me off. Okay. <laughs> I am still mad about that. I love the girl that is playing Jelly Bean. Could they have dyed her hair black? Yes, they do that to Cole Sprouse all the time. Alright, uh, Cheryl is going to make this grand romantic gesture to Tony to try to win her back, but Tony will see through it a- as a manipulation and dump her for it. Yeah. That is my prediction. I think the only thing that is going to get Kevin out of the farm mm-hmm. is his his father, like, pleading with him, oh. slapping some sense into him. Oh, daddy thing, time! Where he, like, finally finds out and he goes to rescue Kevin. And, like, has to have one of those, like, heart-to-heart, give you a good shake, bring up the fact, is this what your mom would have wanted? Your mom that died in Saudi Arabia or whatever. (laughs) Oh, by the way, she is dead. I hate to tell you like this. Like, or something. You know, like, (laughs) I I feel like it's gonna have to be a moment. Mm -hmm. Kevin has gone to this because he has been dealt one blow after another. Yes. And and he is looking for a way to dull the pain, obviously, because he's... Feeling a lot of physical pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like then it'll be the, the moment where he has to deal with everything that's going on. Maybe finally deal with Joaquin's death. What if it's the happy flip side of that and his mom comes home from deployment? <gasps> I mean, is that really happy, though? Because now her son's in a cult. <laughs> it's happy for him. Mother, you came to me. And then she's the one that breaks through to him. And then, hey, dad, why didn't you notice your son was in a cult? <laughs> <laughs> No, he notices, he makes a phone call. Oh, he calls her. He calls her He home. calls her for Kevin. Yes. And then they all reunite and they have to have an intervention. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie has decided, after losing a battle of wits to a kid who was just potty trained, uh, that he needs to also do exercises for his brain. So he is going to, to start solving riddles. He's going to start reading encyclopedias. Yeah. Yes. Mental workouts. Oh. Mind over matter. Yeah. Yes. I think Fangs and Sweet Pea are going to, like, shoot each other. Even, <laughs> they're going to be like, well, your dad wouldn't give us guns. <laughs> so we went and found our own guns. And as Jughead's yelling at them for buying guns on the black market, 
they're going to accidentally shoot each other. Or maybe they're going to shoot Jughead, and then FP's going to kill them. Mm, what you say, what you always been with. Yeah, and then FP will hunt them down. <laughs> Le Bon Nui, in an effort to continue diversifying their business to improve their margins, will install a bowling alley. And luckily, that is at the exact same time that the serpents then become an intramural sports league. Yeah. Yes. They're going to start mining for <laughs> gold. They just keep digging down deeper and deeper beneath pops until they hit oil. Yes. Okay. And then they reprogram the Pop Tate bot. Yeah. To, to become an oil derrick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think Alice is going to suffer like smoke inhalation or something and be hospitalized. And Betty is going to go through a lot of like guilt because she mm-hmm. just rode this high so now she's yeah. gonna go to low and like polly's gonna like keep her from her mm-hmm. or like lie to her about her mom's actual condition or something oh, just to torture her more oh yeah yeah what if alice is hospitalized and we get to see her coma dreams <gasps> i can't wait for alice's coma dreams oh, man. what if it's like hot steamy time with fp Oh. And like adult them though. Mm-hmm. Like what if we forget that? I mean there there was really early in the season yeah. when, when we got to see where she keeps her tattoo. Yeah, but like more of it. That's predictions, folks. Uh now let's talk about what we know is going to happen. Our next episode is chapter fifty, American Dreams. This episode Coma. It's gonna be a coma. Uh th- those are the dreams. Yes. Alice is American, as far as we know, so there you go. But uh, this episode was originally announced under the title Chapter 50, 50. Uh, (laughs) That's right. Yeah, which is a film. It's a Nigerian film about women in their 40s or 50s with a lot of money going on vacation. Yeah. It's like Nollywood Sex in the City movie. Oh. But no, American Dreams, while not a film, to my knowledge, is a... uh, uh, NBC television show from the the early to mid 2000s. It is. I watched it. About life in the 1960s. I watched all of it. It was like hairspray, but serious. <laughs> like right. really serious. Like every A lot episode, of Vietnam War shit. Every episode or every few episodes, there was like, remember this major historical event? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It played very into that. Remember this assassination? There's um, a lot of them. It's the 60s. Mm-hmm. It had um, Britney Snow. Mm-hmm. Who went on to do Pitch Perfect and everything. But that title is connected to a trailer that shows uh, some chony softcore. Yes. A lot of shots of that. Apparently, Archie, I think, has named him, become a boxer. Then he's named himself the Red Paladin. And he's fighting a lot of people that are like, I'm here to fight the Red Paladin. He is fighting pro wrestlers. Like, this is apparently Jughead's plan to bring things to a head. They have an all-comers match against the Red Paladin. Like, everyone can attempt to kill him. And he's knocking fools out that are all in their LARP gear. It's gonna be amazing. There's also definitely some G&G LARPing going on. I can't wait. Someone did something reckless. I don't remember who said it, but someone did something reckless. Like, I can't believe you did. were so reckless. That could be any given episode. <laughs> something about the nerdiest mystery yet. That was a Jughead line. But that's all I got. So look forward to that in one week's time. In the meantime, if you would like some more uh, uh, dramatic teens playing role-playing games and getting up to some mischief, I would recommend Six Feet Under. That's right. The uh, uh, actual play podcast I'm on just launched another uh, series of Monster Hearts 2. 
and I play a kid named Dennis who uh, has an iron-fisted rule of the mall's uh, uh, Frogurt shop, Frogurt about it. Yes. So <laughs> if that sounds like fun, and believe me it is, we had an incredible time, check out Six Feet Under uh, on all of the same podcast services where you can find us. And you know what you can do on those podcast services? You can leave a rating or review. We love them. We can't get enough. Yeah. You can also tell a friend. Word of mouth uh, is how we grow our show, how we find new friends like you. Think back. You are listening to the show. I will bet you nine times out of ten because somebody recommended it to you. And you know what? Pay it forward. Haley Joel Osment, Kingdom Hearts 3. Do it. I didn't understand half of that, but okay. The act is paying it forward, which is a film that starred Haley Joel Osment, whose most recent work is Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh. Yes. Okay, so with that, I'm Elena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. Do we get to carry guns? Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. And you got me rocking you. Break it down, with Sugar. Ah, oh, honey, honey. You are my candy girl. You break it down, come on! And you got me, and you got me, and you got me! Break it down, won't you please? No, the truth is, I like these guys, and um, I told them, I'm not a mentor, I'm not a, it's not what I'm here to do, you're all gonna have your experience with it. And I want everybody to have their own individual take on whatever's gonna happen here. The only thing that's important to me is that you show up on time, treat everybody nice, and do your work as good as you can. When you do those three things, everything else will take care of itself, you know. And there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of shiny stuff that can distract you when you're doing this job. And I just keep trying to tell them not to pay any attention to that. Just do your work, and the rest of it will take care of itself.